I want to welcome you again this morning. I think I should say hello to those people that are online. So hello, looking forward to meeting you, seeing you face to face, serving alongside with you, and sharing in the joy of the Lord together in our presence, in his presence. I look forward to that. But it's good to see you again. You know, my sermon this morning, the title is Overcoming Bitterness. My last sermon was on peace. And this morning's sermon is the antithesis of peace. My text is the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 14 and 15, as well as the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 31. Of course, both of these are printed in your handout in the NIV this time, uh, together with the sermon outline for your easy reference. Walk with me, as I always do, through Psalm 1914. And so, dear Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen? You know, we, as I indicated, are in a sermon that we're calling Overcoming Bitterness. It's a sermon about our emotions, about those negative feelings that can wreck a marriage, that can ruin a life, that can impede relationships, and that can remove joy and happiness from ourselves and others. And we all share in this plague of bitterness, some more than others. I'm addressing this morning the severe cases. But we should all be on the alert, and it is my hope that we can all identify the sin for our own edification, and more equally important is to understand so we can reach out to those people who are especially under this bondage. You'll note, you'll find that unfortunately, the people that are quite under this bondage, they're the last to see it in themselves. Now, it should be obvious that anger and bitterness are closely related. They're kind of next of kin, but they are not twins. I want to give you some of the major differences between the two. Anger leaves quickly. Bitterness lingers indefinitely. You know, most of the time you can count to ten to get past your anger, but you could count to a million and not get past your bitterness. Anger is sometimes good. Bitterness never is. You know, anger is a normal emotion and can be good if it is used in the right way at the right time in the right place with the right person. It can produce good results. Bitterness provides no value. We can control anger. Bitterness controls us. Every now and then, anger does take temporary control, but bitterness will consume you totally. Anger is about the present. Bitterness is about the past. Anger only takes up today and the now. Bitterness takes up your past, your present, and your future. Now, what is bitterness? Well, here's a definition. Bitterness is stored hurt hidden in your heart. 
Of all the emotions, I believe this one is probably the most dangerous. I fear bitterness in my life more than anything else. And do you know why? Because bitterness is an acid that destroys its own container. And I know that I'm speaking to some people here who are under the bondage to the master of bitterness. Now maybe you're bitter towards God because of a tragedy that happened in your life and he did nothing to prevent it. Perhaps you're bitter toward a spouse who left you for another person and left you to raise the children all by yourself. Maybe you're bitter toward a company that you were employed by for years and years and they fired you without a severance pay, although you had delivered faithful service for years. Maybe you're bitter towards someone who physically or sexually assaulted you and they never admitted it and they'll never be brought to justice. Maybe you're bitter toward a father who never gave you any approval or a mother who never affirmed her love for you. It may be why you don't give her a lot of hugs. Maybe you are bitter toward a church because of a bad experience you had. It seemed no one would listen to you. No one expected or accepted you. In the New Testament book called Hebrews, there is some strong warning about the danger of bitterness. But there's also some great wisdom to deal with bitterness. So if you are bitter now, rest assured you can be better later. So first, considering your outline, uncover. We must uncover the root of bitterness. Our text, Hebrews 12, 15, states, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You know, it's really interesting that the author describes bitterness as a root. A root is something that is beneath the surface. You can see the trunk of the tree, you can see the branches of the tree, you can see the leaves of a tree, and you can see the fruit of the tree. But you cannot see the roots. You know, a root is invisible to the eye, but it is, it is just as real as the tree that it supports. A root, even, even though it's not far from the surface, stretches deep into the soil. Bitterness is just like that. It's never far from the surface of your lips or your life, but it reaches down deep into the soil of your heart. And just like any root has a seed and soil, so does bitterness. Where, where does the root of bitterness come from? Remember, bitterness is stored hurt hidden in your heart. And the seed of bitterness is the hurt, and the soil of bitterness is the heart. Now, you're not going to get through life without somebody hurting you. But it is generally either so minor or so temporary or so non-consequential that we either deal with it or we just forget about it. But a bitter person can't do that. When a, bitter, when a person is bitter, he takes any hurt and allows it to plant itself in the heart and to grow roots. But even worse, he fertilizes it, he cultivates it, he feeds it, he waters it, and begins to dwell on it. Why? Because his bitterness is, has a source of, that is old and set. 
Then after a while, it gets to a point where he just accepts and justifies his bitterness. When that happens, here is the fruit. That person becomes negative, critical, judgmental, and even begins to look for faults in the people that hurt them, and that makes them even more bitter. What is so interesting about bitterness is it is a root you cannot see, but it has a fruit that you'll always see. Bitterness will find its root in your heart, but it will bear fruit in your life. That is why some people have issues like hair-triggered tempers, impatience, depression, a critical spirit, sowing discord, or even a physical ailment. They go to doctors and therapists, but they never ever solve the problem because they are dealing with symptoms and not the problem. The problem is you have to literally get to the root of the problem. You've got to go to the heart of bitterness because bitterness is always the problem of the heart. Now, very few people, very few bitter people will ever admit that they are bitter. You know, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to deal with bitter people who would swear on a stack of Bibles, I am not bitter. They couldn't see the root of it. Others could sure see the fruit of it. Let me encourage you to uncover your root of bitterness. And only you can do that. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, only you can dig deep within yourself. You can, for example, uncover your history of relationships, perhaps your childhood. A critical spirit with self-righteousness, and no one else's right is often bred in early child development. That's the root of bitterness. So second, in your outline, consider understand. We must understand the result of bitterness. A bitter fruit always, a bitter root always bears bitter fruit. If that root is allowed to grow up, our text, verse 15, states, it will cause trouble and defile many. You see, if you're a bitter person, everywhere you go, your bitterness will go with you and it will cause trouble for you and others. Bitterness will affect every part of you. It will affect you on the inside. It will affect you on the outside. It will affect your relationship with God, and it will affect your worship of God, and of course with others, and ultimately yourself. Well, let's consider four results of bitterness. First, bitterness will affect you mentally. And as the root of bitterness grows, it takes up more and more of the soil of your heart. It begins to take over your mind. And when you respond in bitterness towards someone, you will carry a mental picture of that person around with you. Everywhere you go, you think of them constantly. When you have an internal conflict because of an external encounter you've had with someone, it will affect you psychologically until you resolve it. 
You know, there's even a term for that condition. It's called the Zygernick effect. This refers to the brain's process of keeping unresolved issues under active status. Once a task is successfully completed, the brain will file it into a special memory and will, will no longer give it special attention. In other words, when you have a situation that has not been resolved, your brain will keep that on active status until the solution is found. Bitterness has the same effect. Your brain or your mind will not let minor issues go until the bitterness is resolved. Please note that bitterness will give major emphasis to minor problems, major to the bitter person. Second, bitterness will affect you emotionally. Do you know that doctors now know that bitterness acts like a depressant? You know, in all my years, I have never met a happy, bitter person. You bitter people just tend to be critical, negative, fault-finding, and they have a self-righteous mentality. And a surefire mark of a bitter person is they play what I call the blame and shame game. Doesn't matter what has happened. It's always somebody else's fault. They are never responsible for anything. They think everyone has done them harm. They don't see the harm that they've done to others, much less to themselves. They never have anything to apologize for. That is why bitterness is so dangerous. Bitterness will cause you to burn down your house to kill a mouse. It will turn you into an emotional suicide bomber. You want to hurt others, but you wind up hurting yourself. Here's my favorite definition of bitterness. A bitter person is someone who drinks poison and hopes the other person dies. Third, bitterness will affect you physically. These bodies were not created to nourish bitterness. Your backs were never built to carry grudges. And doctors now know that there are over 50 diseases that can be directly attributable to bitterness. For example, two famous clinical doctors, Frank Minerth and Paul Miner, you know, they researched a sample of 10,000 patients who were burned out. They had either quit their job or they had given up on life itself. And the doctors diagnosed the top three reasons, and the results were amazing. The number one reason people burned out was not stress, nor was it overwork. The principal cause of physical and emotional burnout was bitterness. Being unwilling to forgive and to let go of a grudge was the dominant cause of burnout. These are all symptoms of a deeper, bitter nature. Fourth, bitterness will also affect you spiritually. Well, our text, Hebrews 12, 14 to 15, states, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Inwardly, 
there will be nothing but turmoil. There will be tension with you and other people, and upwardly you will be having trouble with God. You will not find peace, joy, or happiness. And whether you look in the mirror, outside the window, or up into the sky, bitterness is a spiritual heartburn that you will carry with you everywhere you go. And it won't just affect you. The root of bitterness, our text says, verse 15, grows up to cause trouble, and it defile many Bitterness never hurts just one person. I've seen marriages destroyed by bitterness, friendships ruined by bitterness, lives wasted by bitterness. And so if you're going to defeat this monster that destroys everything in its path, you must not only try to uncover the root of it, you've got to understand the result of it. And third, in your outline, consider to undertake the removal of bitterness. I heard someone describe bitterness as a prison. They pointed out that when you put somebody in the jail cell in your bitterness, you're stuck guarding the door. What you need to understand is this. The only way to get free of bitterness is to free the circumstances that you are bitter toward, and then you will be free yourself. If you refuse to open the door of the jail cell of your bitterness and let your prisoner out, it is you who are going to suffer. Do you know who's paying for your bitterness now? You are. You are the one losing sleep. You are the one developing ulcers. You are the one that can't enjoy life because you're, you're under the searing heat of bitterness every day. It is you that are the miserable one. You know, the author of Hebrews says in our text, verse 14, see to it, no bitter root grows up. That's a philosopher, Barney Fife, I'm sure you've heard of him. He once said this, you've got to nip it in the bud. To do that, you've got to remember bitterness is a root that is underground. And that means you've got to get after it Find it, dig it up, and throw it away. And that is why the only cure for bitterness is what can be called a spiritual root canal. If you've ever had a root canal, you know it's not pleasant, but you know it's necessary. And a root canal is a procedure that has to be done in order to save a tooth that's either decayed or infected. And the dentist goes inside the tooth and removes the nerve and the pulp from the tooth, cleans the tooth, tooth out completely, removing the decay and the infection, and then he seals that tooth so that the infection cannot return. So how is that done spiritually? Well, the first way to deal with identified, uncovered bitterness is forget about it. You have to take whatever planted the root of bitterness in your heart and bury it. And for some people, it means going back to childhood if necessary. Present-day issues fall prey to long-standing roots of bitterness. You know, Ephesians, our text, 431 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That phrase, get rid of, 
literally means to dispose of or to bury. You've got to bury that root of bitterness in an unmarked grave and forget where you buried it. And the second thing you must do is forgive it. Doctors and psychiatrists now know that the only cure for bitterness is the chemotherapy of forgiveness. Someone once defined forgiveness as giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. If you don't, as the author of Hebrews puts it in our text, verse 15, you will fall short of the grace of God. Now what did he mean by that? He simply means until you go back to the cross of Christ and remember how the grace of God has forgiven you, you will not forgive others. You will never forgive someone for, they, for what they have done for you until you realize and you experience how God has forgiven you for what you've done to him. Someone who has experienced the grace of God and lives the grace of God has the power to forgive others by the grace of God. You know, we can all relate to what happened to a soldier in Afghanistan. He was serving this country, and he received a Dear John letter from a girl he was going to marry, but she had found somebody else. And he was devastated. To add insult to injury, this is what his girlfriend also wrote him. Please return my favorite picture of myself because I would like to use that photograph for my engagement picture in the county newspaper. He was hot. He automatically began to think about how he could, he could get even with her. His buddies came to his defense. You know, when it became known in his platoon of what had happened, they went throughout the barracks and they collected pictures of all the other soldiers' girlfriends. And they filled an entire shoebox. And the soldier mailed these photos to his ex-girlfriend with this note. Please find your enclosed picture and return the rest. For the life of me, I can't remember which one you were. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you can never get even. You know, when you try to get even, you just pull yourself down to the level of the person that hurt you to begin with. You can forgive by the grace of God. So the bottom line is this. You can be full of bitterness and empty of Jesus, or you can be full of Jesus and empty of bitterness, but you cannot be both. Being bitter is no way to live. It certainly is no way to die. But you can go from bitter to better by the grace of God. And I can't tell you how good and how best that's going to be. I'm going to ask Kate to take the platform and to present us with a closing song. But this one's different. I don't want you to join and sing with her. I want you to meditate. I want you to listen. I want you to concentrate on what she says or what the song says. And make it your prayer. Amen.
Amen. Amen. I trust you've made it your song. Well, service is over. But I want to leave you with this piece of scriptural wisdom. If you are a bitter person, the root of bitterness was sown perhaps as early as childhood. And then the conflicts that you experience are dealt harshly by a bitter person. That's your first clue. Then these create additional sources of bitterness. These specific instances that are brought about not by the initial bitterness, but these have to be resolved through prayer and forgiveness. This is what we deal with everybody all all the time in life. But the ultimate solution is the extraction of the root of bitterness that was present long before any of this came about. And so until you've done what you have to do through the help of the Holy Spirit, you will continue to poison yourself and others. Amen? Amen. Another week of self-examination. Another week of extending yourself out to those that appear to have a bitter spirit. And then I'll see you, I guess, in a couple of weeks. We'll be going out of state for a while. See you whenever. Amen.